Hello, everyone. This is Tom Miller, executive coach for the John Maxwell team and owner of Leadership Company, Leaders Building Leaders. So excited to be with you on the call, whether you're listening live or you're on the recording. This is one of my favorite lessons to teach. It's one that impacted me the most, and I hope that it resonates with you. I'm going to tell you a little bit of story about when I was a principal and some leadership landmines that I stepped on and still 10 years later still fight every day. So I remember where I was today. I learned this law in leadership. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. On a midwinter morning, I received a phone call in my office when I was a principal, and it was, it was from a husband of a good friend of my wife, and he worked uh, for the DEA. He said, uh, hey, morning, Tom. Uh, I was wondering if you had any interesting conversations with staff today. I said, well, it's only 8.15 in the morning on a Monday, so no, not, not really. He went on to tell me about a staff member that was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he just wanted to let me know about it. I quickly jumped to conclusions about who it could be, uh, and when he finally revealed the name, my heart sank. It was the teacher at our school, the one who everyone loved and who, who honestly just touched the lives of so many. This particular teacher and I didn't always see eye to eye. Uh, they were very talented and brought great exposure and opportunities to the, to the school through the programs that they ran. Uh, but I just felt at times they were treated differently than the rest of the staff. He quickly called my boss to let him know, and he wanted to make sure that we acted fast and to get the truth. So he sent me to speak to the teacher. Well, my heart was in my throat as, as I grabbed the colleague and said, you know, we've got to go have, have a conversation and, and walked into that teacher's classroom. I started by asking the teacher, how was your weekend? Anything you want to share? The teacher knew right away that I wasn't there for a social call. They shared that they had made a mistake and, and was really thinking about seeing me today to resign. I quickly reacted, I accept, <laughs> as, I, as I walked them to their car after some further conversation, I, I just let them know that, that this would be between, um, you know, um, this uh, teacher and, and, and myself, and, and I would make sure that no rumors would tarnish the work that they had done for our school, uh, and, and they, that they just had a greater opportunity, you know, somewhere else. As I walked back to my office, a thousand thoughts ran through my mind. First, how would we replace this teacher to, to lastly, what's, what's everyone going to think? Well, it's obvious what everybody's going to think. Tom fired the best teacher at the school. You see, at this point in my career, I had a little bit of a reputation for teacher turnover. Uh, I had pretty much replaced 80% of the staff in the two years that I was there at that point. So, of course, when I had an emergency stand-up staff meeting that afternoon to inform them and share the plan, they weren't buying it. I worked diligently to, to uh, communicate a consistent message to parents and students and staff over the next few days. 
it was really challenging to control this beast. The teacher sent me a text message concerned that they were hearing all sorts of rumors. I replied that I gave them my word and I was working to control the message that we had agreed upon. And then these words came across my phone in a text message. It's a shame something like this had to happen for me to realize that you cared about me. You see, sometimes we think by running around, putting out fires and solving problems for everyone, we're doing our job as a leader. But the truth is, that's part of our job. But a real job is about taking care of those in our charge. And this doesn't happen through memos or policy manuals. It happens through connecting with other people. It's about putting the needs of many in front of the needs of a few. John Maxwell has taught me leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. Without it, you'll never be able to lead others. And people need to know, like, and trust you before they'll ever allow themselves to be led by you. So where does that come from? It comes from one word, trust. Anytime that somebody meets you, they're asking themselves three things. Do you care for me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? I want you to think about that. Anytime whether it's a sales conversation, a new friend, an acquaintance, someone to watch your children, teach, whatever it is, you're asking yourselves these three questions. Do you care for me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? Now, let me ask you a question. Who do you follow? Do you follow people that are trustworthy like Winston Churchill, visionary like Steve Jobs, charismatic like Bill Clinton, or pragmatic like Simon Sinek, or maybe consensus building like Dr. Martin Luther King? You see, connectors value people. And the value of a person should be seen in what they give and not what they're able to receive. So again, John Maxwell's already taught us that leadership is influence. So the ability to communicate is the ability to connect with other people. And the ability to connect with other people is influence. And influence is leadership. And the number one criteria for advancement and promotion for professionals is the ability to communicate effectively. Let's think about this. I love this quote by George Bernard Shaw. He says, 
the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it's actually taking place. You see, when I was a principal, I pretty much thought I was a superhero. And the first time that I received my 360 evaluation, this was going to get feedback from staff and stakeholders, those above me and my colleagues next to me, oh, I just knew I was going to kill it because nobody worked as hard as Tom Miller. Nobody stayed as long. I was there early. I was there during breaks and weekends. I was all over for everybody. I was just constantly solving problems, jumping in, being the superhero. I was surprised to see that when my 360 results came back, it had words like unapproachable, abrupt, doesn't listen, seems busy, distracted, and stubborn. I have to be honest. I went a little crazy, a little Bobby Knight after I saw this 360 evaluation. I was pretty mad. I couldn't believe the results that I was seeing. It just, it just didn't make sense to me. So I reached out to a mentor. And this mentor told me, you know, Tom, it's, it's, not, it's not enough to just work hard. It's not enough to do a great job. To be successful, you need to learn how to communicate with other people. He said, leadership begins and ends with you, but it has nothing to do with you. I just looked at him. Huh? What are you talking about? It has nothing to do with me. He said, look, if you do these three things, if you start focusing on these three things, Tom, I guarantee you, your people will follow. And you're going to find that you're not that bad of a leader. You're just not that good of a communicator. Because sometimes you can say the right thing, Tom, but you just say it in the wrong tone. So let's talk about the first of these three things. Are you willing to work on these three things? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm going to lose my job if I, if I don't. So the first one, he said, connecting begins by finding common ground. He said, you, 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 know, you have to be available. And being available doesn't mean that you're at work all day. Being available means that you're being intentional with your time and being fully present with your people. You can't schedule meetings and then miss them. You can't schedule meetings with staff and ask them to come to your office and then have two or three other people in there and they just walk away. Your people are looking to you to share their highs and their lows and to get your mentoring. And in those meetings, Tom, you have to listen. Now, listen to understand, Tom, not to reply. You tend to cut people off and to give people answers. Your people don't need answers. They need to be understood. They need to be led. They need to come up with their own consensus. And the only way to do that is to ask great questions. 
Be intrigued by your people, Tom. Be curious about what they're doing, even if the answer is so obvious and right there. Continue to ask them questions until they bring the answer forward. And finally, Tom, you've got to humble yourself. Now, being humble doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It just means that you think of yourself less. Connecting begins by finding common ground with people. Find out what makes them laugh, what makes them cry, what makes them sing. Where do they want to be in three to five years? Get off of your own agenda and get on someone else's. The second one, Tom, is connecting is all about others. As I said, you can only connect with others if you're willing to go off your own agenda to think about others and to try to understand what they are, who they are, and what they want. You see, sometimes we make assumptions. And when we make assumptions that communication has occurred, what's left in between is resentment. You see, because there's what you said and there's what they heard and everything in between is resentment. People don't always remember what you said or what you did, but they'll always remember, Tom, how you made them feel. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand, Tom, what I'm asking you to do? I'm asking you to think more about other people. I'm asking you for the reach, for the heart, before you reach for the hand. Be present. Be available. Be there for them. I guarantee you, if you help them get what they want, they will help you get what you want. And this final thing, Tom, I want you to know that connecting goes beyond words. You see, there's three parts of all communication. There's the words that we use, there's how we say it, and then there's our body language. Now, Tom, let me tell you, you tend to have what they call a leaky face. And what this means, Tom, is that you have a really hard time holding your emotions back when you're frustrated, when someone didn't do what you asked. People read that. And when they see their leader, when they see their leader showing emotion in a negative way towards their colleagues or towards themselves, they don't see someone that they can rely on. They see someone who can't control their emotions. And nobody wants to be led by someone who can't control their emotions. And again, yes, Tom, you're very smart and you've had lots of experience. But that doesn't give you the right to treat others or to use a heightened tone of your voice. You need to make sure that you're understanding that 90% 
of what we communicate has nothing to do with the actual words that we use, Tom. And you, my friends, combine your leaky face <laughs> with your constant busy attitude and your condescending tone, and it's no wonder why your people gave you bad scores on your 360. You have a lot of work to do. Always remember that. Only 7% of what we say is actually the words that we use. Body language is huge, Tom. And if you're on the phone, that eliminates body language. Tone of voice and words, critical, Tom. When you're talking to parents, God forbid, when you're sending emails, <laughs> be careful with the emails, Tom. I've gotten your emails before. And they can be perceived as, as you're yelling at people and questioning people. So let me ask you this question. Are you asking questions to learn or are you questioning people and their ability? Connecting goes beyond words, Tom. So these three things I want you to work on. One, connecting begins by finding a common ground. Ask people about their family, their, uh, their occupation the recreation, what they do for fun, and what's their mission. No matter what situation you're in, if you ask those four questions in any, any event, any social event, ask them about their family, ask them about their organization, ask them about what they do for fun, and then ask they do, why do they wake up every day, what's their mission. I guarantee you're going to find some common ground. And two, connecting is all about others. Get off of your own agenda and on the agenda of other people. Help them get what they want, Tom. And then finally, number three, watch your tone. Watch your body language. Be present. Be fully there. Don't look over people's heads. Don't look at your phone while people are talking to you. Make sure you're there for them. If you do these three things, I guarantee you will, you will earn credibility because credible Credits, having credibility, it's like change in your pocket. The more credibility you have, the more mistakes you're going to be able to make. The less credibility you're going to have, you're only going to have lint in your pocket, Tom. You're not going to be able to make too many mistakes. And every day I want you to look in the mirror because that's your competition. You're the only one in your way. That's the day that I learned. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I hope this teaching helped you. It changed my life to be able uh, to have a mentor, someone to go to, um, and, and really talk through these things when I was going through some challenging times. And, and the quotes that came out, uh, not only from my mentor, but uh, but from my other mentor, John Maxwell, in his book, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic book that I highly recommend uh, that, that you all pick up uh, if you don't if you don't have a copy of it. Because remember, charisma might get you through the door, but but character keeps you in the room, and those and those those three connecting practices and principles um, to, one, find common ground, 
Two, get off your own agenda. And three, understand that it's not the words you use, it's how you say them. They're going to be a big part because, see, people don't want to be saved. They want to learn how to solve their own challenges. By telling them what they should do, you're diminishing their growth as a leader. You may walk out of the meeting feeling that you helped, but they may watch you walk out feeling dumb. I did get better, uh, you know, through that time with my mentor, and I was able to keep keep my job. But I'll never, I'll never forget the day uh, that I learned that lesson and those words from that teacher uh, when he said, "It's a shame something like this had to happen before I knew that you cared about me." That was that was a two by four across the eyes. And um, I'll never forget it, and uh, and I'm I'm still not perfect, uh, but I work every day to improve my communication because I know it's the most important skill to all leadership. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this added value to you, uh, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to to share and apply in your life and 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 change and teach others because that's that's what growth is all about. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you.